Hello and welcome to another episode of the Brain Food Show. We're continuing Christmas. Is this, I don't know, I feel like we've been doing Christmas for a while, but it's kind of like yeah. we, we kind of soft started into Christmas with some tangentially related stuff. Then we did one that was really Christmas and now we have two very Christmassy episodes. So, And these will be, these next two will be the last in Christmas and then we'll move on to something else. I look forward to it. Like, I like Christmas fine, but I also yeah. like regular stuff. Yeah. Well, this one, I think this one particular is just kind of, well, actually both the next two, they're kind of funny. There's funny elements oh in them. So I know. kind of b- bizarre Christmas, I guess. Dear listeners, I'm not, I'm probably not going to be able to keep my together today. Um, <laughs> it's, we've made a video of one of these. It was unbelievably hilarious. And I had to do like eight or nine retakes at one point because it was just so funny and I couldn't not laugh. And then the, there's yeah. another one, which we haven't made as a video yet, but I was up like, you know, I was up this morning reading over the notes. It's like 6.15 in the morning. I'm sitting at my kitchen table with a cup of coffee and I'm reading about the burning of the goat. <laughs> and I just can't help myself. It's, yeah. it's very It's funny. hilarious. I don't it know is. what I find quite so amusing about drunk people's antics, but it's just there's something amazing about it. Just like drunk people getting up it to is. stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Where are we starting today? I know we've got something that's almost equally daft as the quick facts before we kick off the main topic today. And what is the main topic yeah. today? Is this Christmas traditions? Yeah, just various Christmas traditions. I mean, starting with kind of uh, a common one in the why do we kiss under the mistletoe and then moving on to sort of less. I mean, I think starting to be more well known in the like the Western world, the Krampus, the Christmas demon. Talk about that, where that came from. And then like, are we the, doing the, the goat giant, one today? Yeah, the giant straw goat, which is just bizarre. <laughs> And really funny. And then... Um, and is it next week we're doing the... the, the I know because we've made a video about it. Um, is that the one we're doing West Point? The, the riots at West Point? Yeah. Oh. And then also uh, an equally hilarious uh, riot that actually has nothing to do with Christmas, which is sort of related and I thought was funny in Oxford. Oh, I know this one. Yeah. But Oxford back in the day, right? This is the beer riot thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, listen, if you're not subscribed to this podcast... This I hate saying like subscribe to this podcast because it's really good because then it sounds like I'm so excellent. But subscribe to this podcast just because the riots at West Point one is unbelievably funny and a good story. Even if you hate me and Davin, you will enjoy this story. So subscribe. Yeah. Well, if you like that. drunken antics by that include also some historic figures. Yes. Oh, the 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 president, the president. Yeah. The future. Yes. Oh, dude, this is so good. I'm very excited. Start with that quick fact, though. Is this the, yeah. <laughs> the, the booze so, joke? <laughs> yeah. Well, before that one, we'll get to the, uh, the, the ca- what do you think? Kaganer? I, I looked it up. Kaganer? It's Kaganer. Kaganer. Yeah. I hope you like my uh, Spanish right. pronunciation that are there. Kaganer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in sort of Spain, Portugal, Italy regions, they have this, you know, they, you know, like in a lot of places, they have a version of the nativity scene, sort of just the, the village of Bethlehem, you know, and so you got, you know, you got Mary, Joseph and little baby Jesus there, you know, little animals and stuff. But <laughs> what they have also, also have added is the Caganer or oh, the nice crapper, <laughs> the crapper, uh, which is just this guy, just a random dude who's squatting with his pants down and pooping and usually like a little bit of poop underneath his butt there, you know, on the ground. What? And this this uh, it's not actually known how this tradition got started, uh, but it actually goes all the way back to at least the 17th century. Uh, and then, yeah, that's just like a thing. And it's been quite popular uh, ever since. I am 
You, you know one of my one of my close friends here in Prague, who I do the Visual Politics channel with. Actually, he's Spanish. Yeah. So I'm very much going to bring up the Caganer next time. And he's one of these guys who will be having a chat about it. He'll be like, "Yeah, dude, of course, the Caganer. You don't have the Caganer. <laughs> I thought everyone had the Caganer. The Caganer is amazing." <laughs> it's like no dude no one else says the caganer you didn't notice when you've gone to like any other country and looked at the nativity scene yeah. that's not a dude taking a dump in the bag yeah and it's like you see like some of the origin stories of this no one no one knows at all and it's like uh so one of them was trying to like put a positive spin and it's like he's fertilizing the ground showing like you know nutrients back into the earth and it's like you know associated with jesus in a positive way i guess but uh then and then of course the others are like no dude it's just a nativity scene with a guy taking a crap <laughs> that you can't spin that positive but either way no one actually knows how it came about but you know it's been around for hundreds of years i love it that this is something you'd kind of expect to come up like as a modern thing like someone slipped yeah, in totally. like you know in the 1960s or whatever and it kind of stuck around as a bit of an inside joke like ha 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 yeah. let's laugh at all kind of silly traditions or whatever but no, yeah. 17th century. Like, and I feel like in Spain in the 17th century, weren't they like super religious back then? Yeah, so it's just bizarre. And but this brings us to another. Uh, this the Spanish. They had a weird thing mm. with pooping, apparently historically, because this one, this one is called the Tío de Nadal, or sometimes the Caga Tío, or the poop log. <laughs> what? And this gets even more bizarre because it's not just. So so they make this. There's this little log. Right. And they put like a little face on it and it gets a little legs and stuff like that. And then the kids uh, leading up to Christmas will take care of this log, like fake feed it, you know, keep it, keep it nice and warm. It's tradition. You got to put a blanket on it, which you'll see this has a reason for the blanket here shortly. Yeah. But so you put a blanket, it keeps it nice and warm. And then come Christmas, you put part of the log, if you have a fireplace in the, in the fire to like torture it and uh, to start <laughs> it burning. And then the rest of it's like hanging out the back with its blanket on. And then you also beat it. Like, if you don't have a fireplace, you, you, you still do the beating. Like, either way, you're beating it. Yeah. And you're just demanding that it poops. And then, like, under the blanket or whatever. And they actually sing songs and stuff. But so they want it to poop. Yeah. And then once it's pooped, then, like, a kid will, will lift up. And then there's, like, candy or little presents. Like, almost like stocking stuffers type of things. Like, little things like that. And that is the purpose of this thing. And they also, while they're beating it and stuff or burning it alive, yeah. they, they sing these songs. And so I, I've just included this one one song is translated. I'll let you read it. So I, I assume this is like a direct, like the direct translation yeah, is, yeah. and I'm not sure how we want to treat the language. I realize I swore already once in this episode. But yeah. I don't know this, when it's so funny, you can't help, but it's uh, log nuggets, hazelnuts and mato cheese. If you don't it well, I'll hit you with a stick. Log. <laughs> awesome <laughs> like, and these are the kids <laughs> wander around like beating this thing and like, singing like this song doesn't make a cheese <laughs> if you don't <laughs> well i'll hit you with a stick <laughs> oh god this is so good yeah. i've also just messaged my spanish friend on telegram and i asked him like <laughs> dude the caganer what is up with that <laughs> Yeah. Or the Tio de Nadal. Like, what's up with that one? <laughs> I'm going to message him that as well. Maybe we'll get a live response to this episode. And again, you know, no one's quite sure where this one came from exactly either. But, you know. Amazing. Amazing. It says he was last seen online nine hours ago. So, given the time difference, he went to bed rather late. So, he might not be messaging you know. me within this episode time. But we will see. This episode of The Brain Food Show. It's brought to you by Wix. Wix, they allow you to create a website for your personal brand. 
Maybe you've got a wedding coming up. That's a kind of personal thing that you could make a website for. Or if you've got a business, whatever else you could think of. Maybe you've got a podcast like me. Maybe you need a website for that. Maybe you want to make it a like uh, .fm. We did brainfood.fm. It's pretty cool. You just plug that in to your address bar or whatever these things are called, and you will arrive on our website that's made entirely by Wix. Even on the homepage, there's that podcast thing. All of that was just made with a drag and drop bop. I put an app in there that you have on Wix and boom, I enter a URL for the podcast and suddenly it's all up and working. It was insanely easy. I was like, I put off getting a website for brainfood.app for the brainfood show at brainfood.fm for a while because I don't know anything about tech. I'm a terrible designer. I don't know how to do this. And with Wix, it was super easy. We'd worked with Wix on the YouTube channel. They were like, hey, let's make a website together for the podcast. I was like, that sounds cool, especially as you guys now support podcasts. And yeah, it's just drag and dropping my way to there. They do have, uh, you can start from scratch if you want. Like I said, I'm a terrible designer. I've said it before on this podcast. I don't know anything about that stuff, but they have templates. And that made it really easy. They even took the colors. So you tell them what colors you want it to be. And then they apply that kind of color theme across the whole thing. So we went kind of with the black and white and red that is kind of used on Stair Found Out and our logo here on Brain Food. Anyway, like I say, it's all drag and drop. And Wix offers unlimited pages and top grade hosting for free. You can upgrade to one of their premium plans for as little as $5 a month. And that gives you even more. To get all of this stuff, just go to wix.com forward slash go forward slash brain food and get started today. And let's get back to the show. Christmas traditions. Where are we starting? We're going to start on a more, uh, I think, widely known, maybe, tradition of why we kiss under the mistletoe. Mm-hmm. And so we actually, I did on a our recent little fact quickie special, I actually talked a little bit about the uh, sort of an interesting we, thing. I'll just repeat. Can we just talk about fact quickie real quick? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I sent you a message around this and you didn't reply. And I'm not sure if this is just me and my mind. <laughs> Or like, maybe it's just a British thing. (laughs) Just a bit of background, dear listeners. Uh, If you don't know, we also have a YouTube channel. At the moment, we're working on a special series, or David is working on a special series called Fact Quickie, which is like 45 second, 60 second videos, like just a quick fact. In English, or in the UK English, quickie very much means a brief act of sexual intercourse. Or at least it does when I grew up. (laughs) It does here, and that was sort of like the spin of spin off of it's like it's so good. It's like this little like fact that's super awesome and just tightly contained there. And then you move on with your day. <laughs> All right, man. Cool. As long as you knew. As long. As- but I think you did point out. I think that. But if you make a channel like this, then you'll be known as the quickie guy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and maybe that's not. Maybe it needs another name. Yeah. But uh, no, I thought that was kind of funny. I, not great for your love life. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was kind of funny, so I thought, I thought I don't know, and no one had used it, which is another important thing if we do ever spin it off into its own channel. 60 seconds um, or less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the comments are going to be hilarious, though. It'll be like Carl Smallwood, where it's like never ending for him. <laughs> oh, man. I feel Carl will be the sort of guy, he just call it quickie. <laughs> Not even factory, yeah. just quickie. Well, and even like... Carl's, Carl writes all these articles, and anytime, he, anytime his name's sort of brought up, I often throw in jokes, like kind of making fun of it as if he wrote it. And, like, and he, he actually finds them amusing, but it, I don't know, it's just kind of funny. It's just, do you, do you, it's always good humor. Do you follow him on Twitter? Yeah, he's, he's so funny. I guess, I guess I know you don't use Twitter very much. Do you know what he called his company? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I, I don't remember the exact <laughs> name. But yeah, big wangers. <laughs> Sorry, we are so far off topic. Um, Do you want to tell me about some mistletoe or something? 
Yeah. So anyways, I did mention briefly, I'll just briefly say it again. Uh, so from the fact quickie was mistletoe is actually a partial parasite or in some cases like there's a North American variety, it's a full parasite. So it just leaches its nutrients from the host tree or whatever. And some of them have leaves where they can get, you know, some photosynthesis and stuff too. But so this is a parasite that we're all kissing under. But not only this, uh, speaking of poop, uh, the name from is comes from the old English mistle, mm-hmm. meaning dung, mm-hmm. and tan, meaning twigs. So it's literally dung, poop dung twigs. twigs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's a parasitic poop twig, no less. And this is the romantic thing to kiss under. And so how did this actually come about? This it's not nice at all. No, no, not at all. And uh, it turns out that it's not really clear why, but it goes all the way back to the like the ancient Greeks, the Celts, the Babylonians, and all those. They didn't do this kissing thing, but they did do. Uh, they they prized this plant very highly throughout history. It was thought to be the ancient Greeks thought it was an aphrodisiac and aided in fertility and stuff. And the Druids actually, so uh, Pliny the Elder actually describes in great detail how the Druids, they, they really also liked these mistletoe and so how they would collect them and sort of the ritual around that. Here we must mention the reverence felt for this plant by the Gauls. The Druids, for thusly are their priests named, holds nothing more sacred than the mistletoe and the tree that bears it, as long as that tree be an oak. Mistletoe is very rarely encountered, but when they do find some, they gather it in a solemn ritual. After preparing for a sacrifice and a feast under the oak, they hail the mistletoe as a cure-all and bring two white bulls there whose horns have never been bound before. A priest dressed in a white robe climbs the oak and with a golden sickle cuts the mistletoe. Which is caught in a white cloak. You couldn't make this stuff up. You really couldn't. Uh, He continues, Then they they sacrifice the victims, begging (laughs) the god who gave them the mistletoe as a gift to make it propitious. Propitious? Propitious? Propitious. Sure. They believe that a potion prepared from mistletoe will make sterile animals fertile and that the plant is an antidote for any poison. Such is the supernatural power with which peoples often invest even the most trifling things. Really, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't yeah. make it up. So that doesn't really get to the kissing part, but the, uh, so the, the more sort of direct uh, line of how we got that was it kind of started with the Norsemen. They had a bunch of legends and traditions concerning it. Mm-hmm. And so one such was that uh, it was a plant of peace. So basically, if you were, you know, two warring peoples or whatever, two warring groups, you'd get the, you know, the leaders to come together in under mistletoe, basically. And so this was kind of like, all right, we're, we're not going to kill each other while we're you know, under this mistletoe and so we can talk and sort this out or whatever. So this was just sort of a thing they did. And this eventually kind of morphed into a practice of actually hanging the mistletoe over your doorway of your home. And it was just kind of thought to bring peace and good luck at that point. And then uh, that ultimately eventually morphed into hanging it. So every new year you would put up the mistletoe and then just kind of leave it up all year. And then the next year you would take it down and put a new one up. Upon, upon hearing this one for the first time, all I could think about was like enemies like passionately making out under mistletoe, like, you know, <laughs> Churchill and Hitler just like absolutely yeah. going at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so some horrible imagery right now. Yeah, that, that is. Uh, but the, so this brings us You're to welcome. the 18th century in Britain. Yeah. Where, what is that rule 34 or whatever? If, you, like if, it's, internet. if it's been on the internet, if, if someone's <laughs> thought of it, it exists in porn. Is that is that the one? Yeah, yeah, Churchill and Hitler. I'm not going to Google that. Um, but, I heard this so, on a podcast the other day. Someone mentioned it, like something, and they were like, mm, yeah, that would be a weird porn. And I'm like, I 100% <laughs> bet that exists. Because you're like, this is the world yeah. we live in. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so 
18th century Britain. Mm-hmm. This is where the actual kissing tradition sort of popped up for, they sort of evolved this uh, tradition to, so they basically create these balls of mistletoe that would have lots of, you know, little berries and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they'd hang this as a Christmas decoration, very similar to, you know, hanging in New Year's. And then, so they just kind of morphed into, at some point, someone thought, well, we'll stand under it and it'll give you uh, luck and love, basically. So not just general luck. And so you just, you're obliged to kiss the person and then you're going to, you take down one of the little berries and then you're going to have, you know, lucky in love at that point. Compared to the sacrificing of the white bulls or whatever, this sounds yeah. fairly reasonable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so each kiss, each kiss, you take one berry down and once the ball lace basically runs out of berries, uh, then actually if you, then at that point, if you kiss under the mistletoe, it's supposed to be bad luck oh, no. or love. And so that's something that seems to have disappeared uh, over time because I don't think anyone... Does that part anymore? Even but, the mistletoe had berries. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of where it came from, and then it's just kind of grown from there, from 18th century Britain. And there actually another tradition though with young girls with mistletoe in England. Uh, it was once you would take the leaf off the thing and put it under your pillow. And then the girl would, you know, if she dreamed about like a boy or some guy or whatever. Oh, and then you burn it, and if it crackles. Have you actually heard of this one? Yeah, yeah, we do this all the time. No way. That's like still a thing. No, we don't. We definitely don't. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never heard of this. I was going to say, are you serious? This is still a thing? <laughs> no, All right. it's not. <laughs> Sorry right. to disappoint. Well, so, uh, that is disappointing, actually, a little bit. So, yes, they would burn it. And then if it crackled, then they would, uh, it would be sort of unhappy marriage with if they were to marry this guy they dreamed of. Or if it didn't crackle, then it would be a happy marriage if they ended up marrying them. So that. That's that one. I find all this stuff so weird. Like it's all weird. Yeah, and like even just kissing under the mistletoe. I mean, like really, like why do we we hang up this plant and then you know it seems normal because we just know about it. So like the people from Spain are probably like, yeah, totally. The guy who craps in the nativity scene. It's like if you don't have that, it's super bad luck. It's like yeah, it's this, not even weird at all. It's like the superstitious natives thing. Like uh, you know, we've been sacrificing the goats every year and the volcano hasn't erupted. So if we stop sacrificing the goats, <laughs> the volcano is going to erupt. And it just leads yeah. to all this craziness. Yeah. Yeah. So that's mistletoe. Now we're going to move on to Krampus, the Christmas demon, which is, um, I think there was a movie, wasn't there like a movie a couple of years ago about this or something? Yeah. Uh, unsurprisingly, did not see it. <laughs> like a horror movie or something. But yeah, either way, for people who haven't heard of it, so we have Santa Claus is sort of the you know, symbol of all that's good on Christmas or whatever, sort of the, uh, but then there's also the the sort of uh, Krampus. He's a demon and he just, you know, it's, it's originated around Germany, Austria, um, kind of the countries around the Alps regions basically is where this, there's like variations of Krampus, the Christmas demons that came about. And so he's just like this demon. He's got like bangs, fur, horns, the whole thing, just picture you know, just like the devil or something. I'm looking at him right now. He's kind of terrifying. Yeah, totally is. And um, yeah, so Santa gives gifts and all that. And Krampus, naturally, the bad kids will beat them with a whip and also give them nightmares. And then if they're really bad, the tradition goes that Krampus will uh, grab them, kidnap them and drop them in his sack or sometimes a wicker basket is depicted. And then he takes them to the underworld, never to be seen again, um, to torture them or whatever, kill them, whatever. They're gone. Krampus the predator. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So this, uh, the name, just we'll start with the name, the Krampus. It comes from the old German word Krampen, meaning claw. So oh, man. Sort of Even the name fitting. is scary. Yeah. And so in Norse mythology, Krampus is the son of hell, the goddess of the underworld. And yeah, she, this seems to have popped up around the 11th, the 13th century, this sort of weird 
thing around Germany and Austria, Krampus legend, and uh, and it kind of had grown from there, and and sort of it, it really started becoming like a Christmas thing around like when Christianity took over, they kind of altered Krampus was no longer this this uh, you know North mythological mythological creature, but actually the devil himself, oh. uh, sort of that sort of thing kind of became tradition, and then eventually it got uh, associated with the Christian Saint Nick. And uh, his feast day on December sixth, and so Krampus's day was actually on the the night before, on the fifth. And he would, by tradition, at this would just go around scaring kids who were like putting out their, you know, what did they do, like shoes or something like that to put candy in, or is that I don't know. Dude, I don't know. Like I, I don't really like this is. I live in yeah. I live in Prague in the Czech Republic, but they don't have Krampus. You'd kind of think they would. It's kind yeah. of you know southern Germany and Austria. It's right next door, but yeah, it's reasonably close. No but Krampus. they. As far as I know, I always wonder, like, because this could be like a thing people still do in villages and stuff, and it's just not really done so much in the city, or maybe I'm just missing out on all the Krampus action somehow. Yeah, well, it's starting to become like a thing even in the U.S. There's a few cities, major cities that do like Krampus festivals and stuff like that. I think it's just it's just fun. Yeah, people just want excuse to get together and party. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, it's it's kind of gained in popularity thanks a lot to the Brothers Grimm, and uh, so they mention it. So, for instance, Jacob Grimm's 1835 book Deutsch Mythology. Mm-hmm. And uh, that we got prominent mention there and as well as other places. And then we start to see, like, if you look there around these times, there started getting lots of postcards and things popping up with people exchanging Krampus cards. It would just say, like, greetings from Krampus, which is just another way to say, like, happy holidays in more modern times. And, uh, yeah, the it kind of grew from there. And then around the Third Reich outlawed it because, of course, you know, they didn't like the the whole Krampus thing, sort of the religious side of things. So they outlawed that, so it went away. But then after World War II, came back. And uh, yeah, it's kind of been growing in popularity ever since. And I have some good news. Yeah. Sorry, I was distracted for just a moment. Yeah. My Spanish friend has replied to me. And he has said when he goes to Spain this Christmas, he's going to bring me back the the guy taking a dump. He's going to find one for me <laughs> and bring it for me, which is awesome. And maybe also the uh, Rio de Nadal or whatever it was called. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'll put some photos up on the website. <laughs> You can like film yourself beating it or something yep. and torturing it in a fire. I'm going to expect gifts to come out of it. Demanding it to, that it poops candy that you then eat. Stick, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, were we still on Well, Krampus? that's kind of like the, like the kind of the ridiculous, I think we mentioned it before, so I didn't put it here, but you know, for people who haven't heard the, the KFC tradition of eating mm. KFC on Christmas Eve in Japan, which just seems like in the Western just seems so weird because it's like, Let's go to McDonald's for Christmas Eve. And then, you know, that that's just kind of what they do. Because, you know, they got chicken. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait. Chicken the, mashed potatoes. The KFC on the on Christmas in Japan. Yeah. There's the whole like story the, the behind thing. this, though. We made a video about it, right? Where it was like the... Yeah. I think we mentioned it when we, in that uh, business episode, which was really good on Colonel Sanders. If people haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to that. Because the favorites. Colonel Sanders story is, is hilarious. Yeah. Um, he's just a hilarious guy. out with his, with his <laughs> rivals. <laughs> Yes, I think we mentioned there was just that they noticed that, you know, you didn't have, you know, all the sort of traditional food that you would eat in the Western world in on Christmas. Didn't really have that there in Japan. So but the one place you could get something very similar was KFC. So just kind of in the 1970s grew from there. And now it's super popular and uh, and just kind of fun, kind of a weird, fun thing, I think. I love it. I, honestly, any excuse yeah. to eat KFC is is absolutely yeah, fine by we, me. That yeah. is no, my, I my favorite face. I, I was like, that is genius. And that's what I've been doing ever since because you don't have then dishes or anything like, and it's kind of, you know, it's basically like, you know, other people have like turkey and mashed potatoes and all that. But usually you got the mostly the same stuff and don't really eat KFC very often. So it's just like a good, uh, 
Good thing. It's uh, it's glorious. Wait, but KFC's open on Christmas Day? Uh, Christmas Eve is when I usually go, and they are definitely open on Christmas Eve, at least the one around. Ah, then what do you eat on Christmas Day? Uh, nothing. Usually, like, appetizers and stuff is what I go for. Wait. Just like that. When do people traditionally eat Christmas meals? I think, like, Christmas Day, but I always like the Christmas Eve one, and then the Christmas Day is just kind of fun, just snacking on appetizers all day, like, make some seven-layer dip and, like, you know, buffalo wings and random Stuff like that. So American. So glorious. (laughs) Like those buffalo wings. Also, I don't know what seven layer dip is, but it sounds amazing. It is amazing. And it's uh, it's delicious. And actually probably not that unhealthy with all the ingredients that are in it. Actually, a lot of them are are pretty good stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Going to make up for all that barbecue sauce on those wings. Yeah. Well, there's like, you also eat a million chips with it. So that's probably not the best. (laughs) And so you got to put that dip onto something. And that would be deep fried potatoes. (laughs) Yep. Uh, sorry. Um, where were we? We're on a tangent again. Oh, so now, now we're going now to hungry. I'm looking forward to Christmas. Yeah. So that was Krampus, the Christmas demon. Uh, I just thought it's not really a funny one. It's just kind of a weird one. You know, like you have this demon. Yeah. Just goes snatching children. And this is a comedy them. podcast. Not everything has to be funny. <laughs> but this one is funny. The giant straw goat. Oh my god. Uh, this so one is act. this one would get it. This one should be in the comedy section of. IG I was always kind of per- saying in the the gavel goat, but apparently it's the Yevla oh. goat. It's definitely spelt gavel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, at least that's what one Swedish person online said. So I'll just believe maybe. The, I don't know. That's not always correct, but we'll go with it. Mm-hmm. So this, for people who don't know, is a, is a giant straw goat uh, in is the Swedish town of Yevla, I guess. And uh, in 1966, this is when the, the town first put up this goat. It's just like a really big straw goat, like just massive. I looked it up. It's, it's big. Yeah, it's, it's super massive. Yeah. <laughs> And so Super this massive, or the like a black the, hole. The, yeah. So it's also called the Yule Goat. Uh, and this is this is just sort of a tradition that sprung up in the 1960s. But there's a second tradition that sprung up not really, really pretty quickly after the first one. The which is tradition. To, <laughs> yeah, to try everything possible to burn down the Yule Goat before Christmas, or at least before it's taken down, if nothing else. And this is just something that is it's sort of a and it is illegal to do this by the way and, and some pretty hefty fines and uh, some things that will happen to you if you get caught so which kind of makes it more fun you know because <laughs> if they just if they got rid of if they made it legal then it would just get burned down every two seconds but because it is i mean nothing, like a risk nothing nothing is fun without the promise of like potential jail time <laughs> <laughs> yeah and jan massive fines so it's kind of this fun like both sides and so so the, the goat actually does survive sometimes it does make it but uh, not often <laughs> This thing is so freaking big. I'm looking at pictures of it on Google right now. Like, yeah. we're not talking about burning down some little life-size goat model. This is a proper giant goat. Yeah. And so... <laughs> there's this, so many this... pictures of it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's actually live webcams you can go and watch it. And I actually... Uh, so that when I actually wrote the for the article on it a bit ago, I was actually just had the webcam up, you know, the whole time just watching. <laughs> I didn't actually get to see it burn live, but they, there's always video footage of each year if you want to go look at it. So uh, it turns out the Christmas time goat. So why did, why did they do this in the first place? So it turns out the Yule goat in Sweden and uh, various Scandinavian countries, it's been a long time. The goat has been sort of associated, you know, this Yule goat idea. And it's not really clear how that came about at all. That sort of weird tradition. But the Yav- Yavla goat, or whatever, the Yule goat, we'll just call it that. Uh, that one, we do know, 1966. So advertising consultant Stig Yavlen 
he developed the idea. He thought, okay, we'll make a giant straw goat for the holiday season. And it'll be sort of an attraction, get businesses more, you know, people shopping around it and everything like that. So we'll put it in the town center. Have you noticed how close that guy's name is to the actual name of the goat? I did. Yes. Yeah. Is that a coincidence? It is like the town. I, I assume so. I mean, he, I guess he lives in the town, so maybe he was, I don't know, the ancestors. I mean, his, his name is literally Stig Goat translated, yeah. just with an N on the end. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of weird. So they, they erect this thing, ironically, next to the um, fire department, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of funny. Uh, so, so the funding was provided by the local businessman, Harry Strom, and they built this. So the, the first one was 43 feet tall, just to give people a kind of reference, 23 feet long and three tons of straw. So 43, what is that, like three and a half stories or something? Yeah, dude, I need to put this into, I need to put this into English. That's 13, 13 and a half meters. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's properly big. And so this, it stood for, through the month, um, so it was originally constructed December 1st, 1966. It was done, stands through the month. But on New Year's Eve, someone uh, from a nearby town just decided to set fire to it and it quickly burned to the ground. So this was the first year it was ever up. Um, and then the following four years, they kind of, they continued to, to put it up. And so this uh, local Southern Merchants Guild kind of put it up as sort of a little attraction again. Um, so first two years, nothing after that, uh, nothing really happened to the goat. But then in 1969, uh, some vandals once again set it aflame. And then the following year, they did it again. And then the merchants, the Southern merchants were like, just screw it. We're not going to do this anymore because the 1970 burning actually, it happened just six hours after <laughs> construction was completed. And so they were like, we're not going to do this anymore. This is stupid. Uh, people keep burning our goat down. But the, natu- the Natural Science Club from a nearby school, uh, uh, Vasa, they decided in 1971 they would kind of make the Yule goat tradition live on. <laughs> yeah. So they constructed it. And that one actually made it through the, the season. Nobody burned it down. But then the next year, uh, the next year, it didn't burn down, but they did. Someone sabotaged it and then it collapsed. Um, so then a couple years later, it burned down once again. And two years after that, it actually got hit by a drunk driver and was destroyed. Oh, my God. What was he driving? Like a train? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so and then 1979, this brings us there. They actually built two goats. The first one was burned down before they could even finish erecting it. <laughs> And the second one that was likewise destroyed. Um, also, it was sabotaged in this case. Um, the, and then the following year, it burnt, burned on Christmas Eve. And so this this just became a thing. Like it, it, everyone was just trying to destroy this at this point. Um, so uh, and since 1980, only 14 times has it actually managed to make it through the, the holiday season. Um, and despite so they got the fire station next door to, and they try to and they put like flame retardant stuff on it to try to get it to not burn. But it, that hasn't really worked out too much. And then more recently, they started installing webcams again. You can actually go look at the webcam if you Google it and just watch the current years, which is still standing at the recording of this podcast. It's oh, yeah, still of up. course, it'll be there right now we're recording in yeah. december yeah and so well yeah it's still there so far but sometimes it gets burned down kind of early but so yeah they've got webcams to try to catch arsons and stuff um and it was kind of funny though in 2004 so some hackers actually managed to disable the webcam <laughs> and instead put up a page on the feed that just encouraged people to go burn down the goat <laughs> <laughs> and then oh man this is so yeah, great and then, so the, the, the new sort of idea in 2011 was what if we just spray the whole thing with water and then it'll freeze, right? And then, then it won't burn, right? Okay. But no, it turned out they it still burned. <laughs> that one burned. Um, yeah, and so like we were saying before, like the it's actually not... Like if you get caught, you're going to go to jail for a while and get a massive <laughs> fine. So this is a pretty serious act of arson. 
Yeah, the fifth there was a fifty-one-year-old American tourist named Lawrence Jones, and some of his so some of his buddies in two thousand one, his Swedish friends, they they tricked him into thinking that it was legal to do. It was like a, a game that you could just go do. So he just he wasn't even like, all right, I'll go burn it down. And so he goes and burns it down. Obviously, gets caught because he wasn't really trying to be secretive. And eighteen days in prison and a fourteen thousand oh. seven hundred dollar fine, which oh. I don't know is probably probably like $20,000 a day or something. But yeah, that's that was his good thanks, buddies. Um, so that one was 2001, the, the 2001 burning. I have to say that's a pretty epic prank. Yeah. Hey, Lawrence, man, that is totally cool. You can definitely burn down the giant goat. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, like the officials of town, they totally know this is like a, a fun game, but they're also, you know, it's only a fun game if there's consequences. So, so yeah, it's still going Basically, they're still, you know, punishing people for it. But it is sort of a tourist thing, too. So kind of fun. Um, so, yeah, they did like 2014. They managed they have flame. They got even better flame retardant chemicals. Oh, and they well, also, I, I reckon a- that Lawrence Jones guy, though, like 18 days in prison and a fine. But you're going to get some media attention there. You could probably write a book, go on some talk shows. You could make 14 grand off that. <laughs> That's true. That's true if you wanted to. But yeah. And I don't know, like, aren't these Northern European prisons, they, you know, everything I read yeah. is like, oh, it's kind of like like that dude who killed those hundred people. It's like, yeah, he's recently petitioned so he can get internet. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. He killed a hundred people. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I know prisons should be about reform and making people better. And I think yeah. that the statistics clearly show that this like Northern prison system does work better than like the more yeah. brutal prison systems. Yeah. But it's the still, brutal, yeah, because like, the brutal one's on. still like, then when they get out, they, you know, just go back to crime. Whereas if you actually reform, you know, but it makes well, people better, feel better. Go too. back to more serious yeah. crime. Because it's like, oh, what do you go for j- to jail for? Uh, I burnt down the Yule Goat. Now I'm a member of MS-13. This <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> didn't work. No, but so so nowadays there is now a taxi stand that are really like right next to the thing. So they're trying to ah, they put it smart. there specifically to make it so it's a little more Not busy. There's people around that. all the time. Now they had, they also in 2014, they had security guards around the goat and also webcams trained all around to try to catch people if they come. Um, and this actually worked in 2014. The, the goat survived and was disassembled on, funny enough, December 29th. It's supposed to last through the new year, but you know, it's probably, they were like, it's made it to December 29th. Let's just take it down mm-hmm. before someone burns it. Um, but then it didn't work in 2015. All these same efforts. Uh, it was burned on December 27th by an intoxicated man in the 20s is how the, the police described this man. And he was actually caught because he was nearby walking away and he smelled of, of gas and he also had lighters and newspaper and also his clothes were partially burned because they had briefly caught fire when he set it ablaze. This would be so good. Like I can just imagine like the new Ocean, Ocean's 15 burning down the yeah. ga- Gavla Ghost or whatever it's called. Yeah. So 2016 was also kind of a funny one. So it was the 50th anniversary celebration. So they wanted to, you know, wanted it to last. But it turns out just like shortly after the celebration, someone burned it down. So then, you know, it was the 50th anniversary. So they put up a small replica of it. But then that got destroyed when it was hit by a car. (laughs) So then they've installed double fencing, cameras, guards, and it, it uh, it did survive in 2017. And today today in 2018 it's still standing so far but maybe by the time this is actually published maybe it won't be i kind of i don't know i kind of like yeah. that it's it gets burned down it's kind of fun yeah, but it's also kind of fun that it also sometimes survived because if it always got burned down it wouldn't be nearly as fun i'm just trying to look up if there's anything about this lawrence jones character on google so i'm like this yeah. would be a great interview <laughs> just tell that story mm-hmm. anyway um this is amazing i love this yeah i love this whole story 
I don't know what it is it about is. people doing like uh like getting drunk and burning things down that is quite so amusing to me. But I don't know. They should add something like in the town where it's, you know, once it's set ablaze, like it becomes like a thing. Everyone like rush from your houses and go like have a bonfire party or something around it or something like a tradition. There, there should be like an app. So like, you know, the yeah. goat burning. It app. alerts people yeah. that, yeah, you just go and then throw a party like an impromptu that because then it would be even more fun. It's like a burning goat party. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Also, yeah. what's up with them taking like it took them a solid two and a half decades to be like, maybe we should guard this thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What's up with that? Just I really feel like a couple of guards. I mean, it's big, but it's not like yeah. in, an insurmountable task to have like a 24 hour guard on this thing. Yeah. Well, but I think I even read on one of them, someone used like a flaming arrow or something like from <laughs> far away to hit it. So, you know, that's even your guards aren't going to be able to stop that. Um, this I like. Like it just make it more challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, mm. yeah. Well, this is one of my favorite stories so far. Well done. Yeah. Moving on, moving on to something a little more common is odd lang sign. So why do we why do we actually sing this on New Year's Eve? And where did the ah, song come from? This is the song that everyone sings and everyone pretends to know the lyrics to, or at yeah, least I pretend but, to know the but, lyrics to. So. Or like uh, pretends uh, to understand the lyrics. Yeah, but not really. Uh, so this, everyone says it was written by Robert Burns, but it was not actually. Even you go on the Wikipedia page, it said it was written by Robert Burns. It's like, no, what? it's not actually written and by Robert Burns. And on Wikipedia. Well, I, I, Wikipedia is usually pretty accurate. Uh, but something like really famous like this, like you'd think that one would be correct, but I don't know, maybe it'll be corrected soon enough. But Didn't you tell me that Wikipedia has like a, simi- uh, a, a similar um, error rate to Britannica or something? Yeah, it does, actually. In their scientific articles, there there was a study done by Nature a few years back that kind of showed that it's actually not that far off like Britannica in their scientific articles. And the mistakes are usually pretty minor, similar to Britannica. It's not usually major stuff. So, uh, yeah, Wikipedia is actually pretty accurate, um, contrary to popular belief. Um, but I think people think people assume like Britannica, oh, that's like 100 percent accurate. It's like, well, no, they actually have mistakes all over the place. It's, you can't. There is no source that's 100 percent accurate. It just yeah. doesn't exist. It's not possible. Except for today, I found out. <laughs> yeah, except for us. But but yeah, so Burns Burns himself never actually claimed to have written the song. And he actually, when he submitted it to the Scots Musical Museum, he also included a note stating, The following song, an old song of the olden times, and which has never been in print, nor even in manuscript until I took it down from an old man singing, is enough to recommend any air. Yeah, so he didn't, he didn't claim to write it at all. And also... Uh, even more noteworthy is about eight decades before Burns' version, there is a known version called Old Long Sign by James Watson, and it was extremely similar to to Odd Lang Sign. And uh, this is, you know, and this, it is not that James Watson wrote it either. It was just it kind of a very, people used to always, like, you'd take a song that was an existing kind of thing that people just sung, and then they would make their own versions of it. And this is kind of, I mean, so I guess in that sense, he kind of wrote, I mean, he composed it, like, from other lyrics existing to to make his own version, but... But either way, either way, the modern incarnation, it was published in 1788, and this was eventually got included into Thompson's Selected Songs of Scotland in 1799, and that's where it really uh, kind of took off in popularity. Um, so Auld Lang Syne, what does it actually mean? And it turns out it means old long since, mm-hmm. or, or more, more figuratively, kind of times gone by or times long past. So it's just a song, of course, about remembering old friends and the time you spent with them. So it's quite fitting on New Year's Eve. Or New Year's Day, whichever when the when the clock ticks over, and so this this brings us around to how did we actually get this tradition? How did it become? So it, it turns out uh, around the mid nineteenth uh, century, so about you know sixty seventy years or after uh, this this version came out, uh, it became just sort of a tradition by Scottish people to sing this, mm-hmm. you know, on New Year's or whatever. 
Um, but that's not how it got spread more widely. Or, I mean, I guess it is sort of indirectly. So Guy Lombardo and the Royal Canadian Band, who used to be hugely famous on, you know, New Year's Eve, New Year's. Most people's day think of more like Dick Clark and stuff like this. But uh, I have but no idea then, who any of these people are. But there's a guy called Jules Holland, I think, who does it in the UK. He was like the Jules Holland's yeah. New Year's something or other. Oh, really? I guess maybe he's yeah, Was Dick it like Clark. a spinoff? Because Dick Clark was like the rockin' New Year's Eve, I think, or something. He was trying to basically modernize the Guy Lombardo version after, you know, I think it was after Guy Lombardo died or I can't remember. Yeah. It was around somewhere around there. Anyways, that's the point being Guy Lombardo, Royal Canadian Band. They actually sold over 300 million records in their run, uh, which is pretty crazy, but especially, you know, nowadays most people haven't heard most of the music, I think, uh, at least the people born in the last few decades. So, 1929, Guy Lombardo, and he's at the Roosevelt Hotel in New York City on New Year's Eve, and they're performing, it's being broadcast out on the radio, um, CBS on Eastern, and then NBC elsewhere. And so they just decide in the interim, as a transition between the broadcasts, they're going to they're gonna just play the Auld Lang Sign. And this, he got the idea basically from Scottish immigrants. He heard that they did this, so he just thought it would be kind of fun to include it. And so that's what they played. And that became a thing every year until 1976, when Lombardo died at the age of 75 in 1977. Uh, so that just, he just did it every year. And that became, that's kind of how the tradition of singing it more widely beyond, you know, the Scottish tradition came about. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Do you know the lyrics to this? Because I, I always like, I feel it's like some of those things that I feel that everyone else knows that I don't know. Like also how to dance the Macarena. No idea how to do that, but it's something that seems programmed into everyone's DNA. No, that's awful. And oh, you're yeah, not missing out on that one. It's, it's truly awful. Wait, so do you know the lyrics to this thing or not? Or is that just me? No, I'm, I'm looking him up. Uh, no, I mean like vaguely. I think that's like most people like vaguely just like, you know. And also everyone's had like several drinks by that point. It's like, oh, da, 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 da. I didn't even know the tune, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, the tune I do know. I at least got that one down. But no. Well, that was a fun episode. Nice Christmas yeah. episode. Is that is that the main section done? I see on our notes. That it is. It says feedback and discussion, and there's nothing there. I had a look at this, and I realized we didn't really have anything to follow up from the last episode. So, yeah. Or today. Maybe either, either we're getting better at not opening just random threads all throughout the podcast that you need to follow up, or we're not doing a good enough job of opening random threads all throughout the podcast to follow up. Yeah, yeah, both. I'm looking up some reviews, by the way. Are you ready mm -hmm. for some reviews? Sure. I'm going to see if anyone has reviewed us in the great state of Liberia. <laughs> Do you know anything about Liberia? No. No, me neither. They do have an iTunes store. Maybe there's someone listening from Liberia and now I'm going to feel bad. Uh, our podcast is not listed in the Liberian iTunes store for some reason. Oh. Oh no, it is. It's just really... No, we have no reviews or ratings in Liberia. I'm sorry to disappoint. How about Canada? Canada. Oh, how about, how about Mom2Wyatt says, Bless you for saving the poinsettia. I didn't know they could grow into a tree. I'll have to try that this year. Ooh, that's nice. Where's that one from? Uh, YouTube. Oh. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a, my poinsettia tree is doing well. It's, uh, I repotted it a few months ago, so it's on a new growth trajectory, which is nice. Um, mm -hmm. I've got some Canadian reviews. You want to have a look at those? Sure. Uh, Charles Hong says, Great podcast to listen to, especially if you're a fan of the TIFO show. To sit down and rewind. 
After getting corrective eye surgery, I wanted to rest my eyes and not use my phone computer excessively post-surgery, so naturally podcasts were a good option. I binge listened to every single episode in a couple of days. Love the podcast, keep it up. That's really specific, uh, but I'm glad that this podcast appeals to people who've recently had corrective eye surgery. Maybe yeah. we could get it, you know, into hospitals. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> you know, you get that little document like after you've had a procedure or whatever. And it's like, you know, don't eat for 24 hours or like don't chew on this or whatever. And don't do this. Maybe like consider listening to the Brain Food Show. It's just good, good fun. It is good fun. The Catch at You says, good listen, five stars. Whoa, Can- Canadians are nice. You know, we have 44, nice. 44 five-star reviews and four four-star reviews and no three-star, two-star or one-star. You know, at least like- the... British, true. British Columbia, though, uh, sort of the, you know, the Vancouver, BC and stuff. Yeah. Super nice until they get behind the wheel of a car. Oh, they, yeah. I used to live up near there and they just known for their incredible road rage. <laughs> and it's just, it's so, it's such a contrast to the normal, super nice nature. It's where they let it behind the wheel of a right? car. Yeah. Behind the wheel of a car and, and fighting in hockey. And you could, you could totally tell like just who the Canadian drivers were around when they were just driving. Like you could just like be like, yeah, I bet that. And you come up closer and it's like, yep, there's the Canadian plates right there. <laughs> Damn it. Catch it. You says good listen, five star. The banter is great with a wide variety of topics. The macabre episodes don't really appeal to me, but being a male probably has something to do with it. <laughs> I would love to hear more about keyboard layouts since I'm a proud Colmac user. Well, wow. you know how the, uh, the, Tech History Part 3, we put that thing, the soundbite, we were like, we can't do that on YouTube, you know? But then we put the podcast episode on YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What what did we use? Um, uh, Samuel Jackson, I think. In and then it was, Fiction. Yeah, and it was, uh, it totally was instantly flagged, like, yep. within like a half hour of posting it. So we we don't put adverts on our on the podcast yeah. episodes on YouTube because it gets ridiculous because there's been like adverts like every five minutes because that's what YouTube does. Yeah. And no, so now if you're listening to that episode, you're going to have adverts all throughout it and they're all going to go to Columbia Pictures or whoever made Pulp Fiction. Because I think there was used... like three different companies that have rights to oh that. God, it's... It was like a weird, weird thing. But it's ridiculous. Way, and that is so, is. this is kind of super industry specific, but like that is so clearly fair use. We made like an hour long podcast talking about something and it's like, here's a clip from a movie just the yeah. audio for a few seconds to illustrate a point in a completely different creative endeavor. And they're like, uh, yeah, we're taking all the money from that. <laughs> this make this is so dumb. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. should we wrap it up there? Sounds good. This has been fun. That goat one. I love it. This is my new episode yeah. that I'm going to recommend people go to check out when I tell them I've got a podcast yeah. because yeah. who doesn't love to hear about the burning of the Yule goat and the random guy taking a crap in a nativity scene yeah. for some reason. Pretty solid. I'm looking and forward kids, to receiving Kids beating life. a log and asking it to poop. Yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Maybe it I'll is. get my Spanish friend to record us. Maybe he could sing that song for us and we could play it on a future <laughs> episode. That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, pleasure chatting with you as always. And thank you for mm-hmm. everyone for listening. Please leave us a review. Mention us on Twitter. Does that do anything? I know nothing. Uh, leave yeah. us a review. Say hi on iTunes or wherever you get your uh, podcasts. Drop us an email, podcast at todayfoundout.com. Check out our website, brainfood.fm. And mm-hmm. Or the forums at forums.todayfoundout.com. Can we get, can people get to that from our regular, I think there's a link on the website. Yeah, from the website. website. Yeah, there is. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right, man. Pleasure. Talk to you next week.
big wangers. 